a somber song to start the show? Yes, but it's used several times in, does it sound familiar? This song is used, I believe, twice. Nirvana, something in the way, in the way. used twice in the Batman movie, the new one. Fits with Robert Pattinson's portrayal and Matt Reeves' vision for the character, right? Moody, dark. I had never heard this Nirvana song. I was not their Nirvana kid. Um, I'll never forget. In the early 90s, early and mid-90s, um, me and my best friend, Brian, we were all about, like, the rhythmic stuff, the hip-hop. Even some NWA if we were allowed to listen. His uh, his older brothers were DJs and played like Big Daddy Kane and Eric B and Rakim. And then Brian Kasner went uh, went grunge alternative on and me and the other kids. And uh, we just looked at him differently because he he just he acted differently. He hung out with different people. Like what happened to Criss Cross and, and all these songs that we used to like and Heavy D and whatever else was out back then in the early 90s. He went all Nirvana. And I didn't even know that songs had guitars. I certainly didn't listen to songs with guitars until until I really moved to Detroit. Well, when I started my radio career, and I was like, "Oh, you!" I would just turn the radio station when I was a kid when there wasn't like a rhythmic dance or hip hop song uh, on back then. So we've added that to the rotation of intros. Um, I don't know. If we're going to have one or two guests on today's podcast or one or two different interview segments, I have two lined up. Uh, It's 1129 right now on Wednesday, March 16th, St. Patrick's Day Eve. I have two interviews lined up. Someone from Harbor at 1 at 1.30, Addison, and some people from the UT student-run health clinic that is over at Cedar Creek on Burn. Not exactly sure if they're going to be slapped onto this podcast or not. Eric, don't you plan things? Don't you preach? Preparation is separation. Yeah, but if the interviews go really long, I will just make a different episode. So uh, let me first begin. I'll give you a rundown of what's coming up. There's another one of these. Uh, Eric from Mommy, who did the DeWine looking at you, is at it again. Wawa News. Daylight Savings. Um... You've seen that there's the uh, the new gun law that's, that's going to be passed here. Uh, a thought on that. Uh, He-Man, a little-known fact, was my very first favorite cartoon. Not Transformers, He-Man. And um, with a new toy that's coming out, I want to share a thought. And uh, some anxiety that... Just another example of how I'm so different now, thanks to uh, my medication, because... When I was dealing with this years ago, to say I was crippled and brought to my bed underneath my covers in tears by the anxiety and fear is not is not hyperbole or me embellishing that. First up, I hope you're keeping track of this. Um, there was another local lottery winner, and I had to read the story twice. It's in the Blade Briefs. O-R-E-G-O-N, man buys $1 million lottery winner at store. And I reread it. Okay, maybe it's someone in Oregon. Nope, Oregon. Oregon resident won the top $1 million prize of the Ohio Lottery scratch-off. 
Mohammed Daher um, chose the cash option of $500,000 after the taxes come out. I guess the $1 million is over time. Uh, he took the half a million with taxes. He is now $360,000 richer. Bought the ticket at Homestead Variety on Seaman Road in Oregon. Uh, this is now the sixth recent area lottery winner. It started with a guy who won a pretty sizable chunk of money in Monroe and all the other recent winners. This guy, I think, is by far the biggest. Uh, the rest have all been in Toledo or like in Oregon, in the area. Um, this is stunning to me. Around the fourth when I was like, something's in the water. Do the lottery ticket because something's going on here. I have never intimately followed the data of lottery winnings. It's just pure chance. My mom bought lottery tickets all the time when I was a little boy, though. I vividly remember her. Uh, maybe that's how she spent her coupon and refunding money, buying lottery tickets. What she saved, she put right back in. Although I think she won like five grand one year and took us to Disneyland. So uh, the last couple of winners were like modest winners, like $20,000. But you're still going to take that. That's two tanks of gas, which, by the way, is down about a nickel per gallon today. Okay. Um, something is happening. I've passed this along to my friend Zainab at WTOL. She always asks if I have story ideas. Well, here's one. I don't know if six lottery winners in a very short period of time, like a couple of months, is a lot. It seems like it is. It's in Zainab's hands now. And the ticket should be in your hands. Um, Eric Shanto. Eric, did I say your last name right? Eric, I believe, listens to the podcast. Um, Eric is such a good dude. He's uh, he's always doing neat viral things. He has great videos with his son, Ryan, who finally gets to go to a baseball game this year. Uh, Ryan is, is being transitioned into a Guardians fan. Uh, there might not be a bigger fan um, or cheerleader for mommy than Eric. And Eric was responsible for the DeWine heads looking at you during COVID a couple years ago. So Eric's always doing very creative stuff. Eric, I have to follow you on TikTok. I don't follow anybody. I just post. I don't like watching videos, but I got to give you the follow out of respect. Um, Eric uh, is also such a good dude. I invited him to be in uh, my fantasy baseball league, which I do not flippantly throw out those, uh, those offers. Eric's at it again. Starch Madness. Um, it's March Madness, but, and you've seen things like this before, and I actually think that they're, um, they're kind of trite and unimaginative, but there's something about this, um, that grabbed my attention, as opposed to where it's like the top, like everybody since the, God, maybe late 90s. I used to listen to a radio show in, in back home in Philadelphia where they would do brackets or Field of 64s, like best cheesesteaks. And then, you know, this thing, things just evolved. Top 64 superheroes, video games. Like, there's a bracket for everything. Um, but maybe because my friends are already discussing this, it's, um, it's, it's on my mind. Let me give you the top four seeds. Eric, my only criticism is you should have given them... Uh, you should have named the regions. And I don't know how or what you would have named them, but maybe we could have done like South Toledo. So, they, so name the regions next year, or it's not too late to do it now. The number one seed, and he's got chains on here too. Uh, number one seed, I don't know if they're number one overall, Village Idiot. 
the, the one seed taking on Papa John's. Another one seed I've never had, J&G's. The final two, Inkies, I've never had, but I know that I can get more than pizza there. And the final number one seed, Geno's. Um, I will point out, I think the seeding committee did a, a pretty solid job. It's really hard to argue with those four. I might gripe a little bit with Geno's, just a little bit. Um, the number two seed in the same quadrant as Village Idiot. I hope this is a uh, this is a showdown to go to the final four. The number two seed, and this is a big deal, big slice. Why? Maybe because I'm their number one customer, uh, but it's a big deal to me, no pun intended, because Big Slice is pretty new on the radar compared to some of these other places that have been, been around for a long time. Um, like, I just found out about Big Slice, what, the end of 2020? And now I'm now I'm Mo's number one customer, right? Um, where is Mama Mary's? Let me scan through this real fast. Give me a second. I've uh, I've retweeted this and engaged, so this is pretty easy to find. Also, by the way, um, please, there is another piece of content I'm adding to this. Um, EricChaseBlog.wordpress.com. It's there. Give it a follow every day around lunchtime. I will. I, I scan news links every day for content to do here and on the air. I take those links and um, try to summarize the the article in less than a sentence, and it's up there. Eric Chase Blog. Uh, .wordpress.com. Mama Mary's is the number two seed um, in the same quadrant as Inky's. So that could be a fierce showdown as well. Remember, there's a second Mama Mary's location doing very well on McCord and Central now. Next up, it's the show is always good, like whether it's the podcast or on the the show is always stellar when we can talk about food. I saw a story yesterday and I got really excited. And I, I tried to temper my enthusiasm. But we're we're so close. I mean, not here, but the state. Wawa was expanding to a new state. I was excited. Many people, you know, I talk about Wawa a bunch. That's where when my dad visits, he gets he, he brings me pretzels from. It's more than a gas station. In fact, it was a convenience store. Um, long before it was a gas station. And a convenience store long before this became a trend, uh, you could get hoagies, breakfast sandwiches, and and freshly made stuff that was well beyond convenience store quality. Like, there are many people back where I come from who would prefer a Wawa shorty hoagie rather than an actual hoagie place. They were that good. Wawa's expanding to North Carolina. I was deflated because... Um, so there are Wawa's, I think, in Maryland, a bunch in Jersey. I actually think there's a couple in Florida. Maybe some east, some some northeast people have opened them up down there, but we're literally connected to the state that is the home of Wawa. Granted, we we really could, unless we were. There's a squirrel looking at me now, and I'm not joking. I don't. I'll give you peanuts later. Uh, unless we were like on the border, we're near near Fort Wayne in Indiana. We we really couldn't be farther away from. Um, the home base, Philadelphia, where I'm from, from Wawa. It, it's it's a legit seven and a half hours. But we're one state away. And I know that Ohio is closer to Sheets, which I will not I will not throw any criticism at. I just prefer Wawa. I don't think I can get hoagies and, and soft pretzels at Sheets. The Wawa coffee is just okay. Um, but we're, we're next door. Like, let's get Wawa here already. Um, outside of the area news, uh, Congress has passed an act 
that looks like next year, daylight savings, which is what we're in right now, will stay year-round. Um, again, I have not come across, and I, I actually I see the complaints online, um, not just random quotes and stories, but I, I see some people saying, you know, this really disorients me. I struggle to see how one one hour twice a year utterly spins you dizzy. I just don't understand it. Um, but daylight saving, daylight savings time is staying. Um, I know it sucks to drive home in the dead of winter, December, and 4:37, and I'm on the air, and it's dark. Like it's near. Now it doesn't stay that long. Doesn't stay that way for that long. But I get it. It's it's really dark in December and January, and actually in January we're gaining sunlight. But I think that is far more manageable than I read a great point. Um, as it is now, we're not getting, it's not getting light out till it, after 7.30, after 7.30. Um, when I was at Panera in the gym today in the six o'clock hour, it was dark. It was nighttime out. So, and obviously that will improve. So, someone either has to stop moving the earth or find, or science, like we need to do 20 29th century science so that everyone on the earth gets the optimal amount of sunshine at the same time, but that would make the, the earth stop spinning or, or the sun would move and it would be really, really bad. Um, I think I, I think standard time would be the way to go. I have posted something from Vox.com showing you um, the amount of sunrises and sunsets at not so great times. There's three options. What we're doing now, standard time and daylight saving time. I'm sorry. Um, what it would be like with, with daylight saving all the time, standard time, and then what we're doing now where we swap it twice a year. So give them a look. I think you're going to agree that standard time is the right way to go. Because two things I think about, the one of the comments I saw was, it's hard enough to get up in the morning. And when it doesn't get, like there are certain parts, and maybe even here, and I haven't looked up to see when, but there will be certain days and certain times of the year where it's not going to be light, maybe till 8.30, because we're at the end of the time zone. So now, like in the middle of June, I'll never forget when I first moved here to Detroit, I was like, holy, it's ten, it's almost 10 o'clock and not dark, because we're at the end of the time zone, but we get longer darkness as, as well. So one person said it's hard enough to get up as is. If it's dark for the first 90 minutes of your morning and you're not getting up at four, that's problematic. I always think about kids, and I don't know if there's a fix for this. Uh, John Presloid, former Jeopardy contestant, um, scientist over at UTMC, pointed out how there are plenty of studies that say kids should be starting school later anyway. It's better for everybody. I, I don't disagree at all, but we can adjust for that if... This, if we make the clock have sun come up earlier, right? Um, and I think standard time would be the way to go because I'm, I'm most concerned about kids and not necessarily being sleepy at school, but kids going to and waiting at bus stops in the dark. I know they do it now. I know, thankfully, there have been no accidents. There was one a couple of years ago. Where was it on? Uh, somewhere near Rogers where a kid ran out in the middle of the street darkness and he got hit by a, a woman in a minivan again that's the only one i can think of um an anomaly hopefully but kids in the darkness and i see it when i go to the gym at certain times of the year a bunch of kids that i have to watch out for the other thing uh 
when I'm kind of sleepy when I'm when I'm doing that. Um, not safe to be driving a car like that. But again, sleepy in the morning, darkness, kids who don't always watch for cars. We know car. So I think when it comes to daylight saving time or standard time, the best practice, the smart decision is to um, lean to help the kids, to kowtow to kids' safety. The other thing I think we could do, and I haven't read as much as I could or should on this, we could conceivably make more time zones. There's what, four now? Yeah, Eastern, which we're in, Central, and some people would say we should already be in Central time, Eastern, Central, Mountain, and then West Coast, and then there's Hawaii, which is like six hours behind. Um, I, I guess we could make more time zones, but that would make things, I think that might make things confusing for, actually for like entertainment programming. Not that um, we sit down at a certain time to watch, excuse me, TV shows anymore. Like um, 8, 7 Central, I always found it so weird. I'm like, hold, hold on, like before Netflix and everything, hold, hold on a second. You're telling me that living in Philadelphia and, and in Detroit, when my primetime shows start at 8 o'clock, like for my entire life, primetime TV started after Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy at 8 o'clock. But in Chicago, they start at 7? <gasps> like after the news? So if we had a, if we'd like doubled the time zones to give us better sunlight, it might make it more confusing for a lot of programming aspects. Uh, sports, TV programming, if we're still doing that kind of thing. So just a thought, and I'll look more into that. What else do I have? Um, so this gun thing is going gonna, is gonna to pass, and I'm not 100% familiar with it. It sounds like you can just have your weapon, and you may or may not need to get a license or be trained. And there was an article on The Blade today uh, with some really thoughtful, insightful, measured answers on both sides, except for the one guy who said, I think everybody should have guns. Remember, uh, and let me give you my stance again, and I've actually refined it since the last time this, this has come up. Um, you know, no one, I, I will put myself on a list. No one should ever sell me a gun because of what happened, what, four Saturdays ago where I was sobbing Saturday night saying I don't want to live anymore. Um, as I read just the other day, as with many of our decisions, but this one you can't come back from, if you can just take a deep breath and wait out the impulse to buy that thing on Amazon or more, much more morbidly and deadly, if you can just, that's why they want you to call the suicide hotline and which will go to 988 soon. If you can just wait it out, that desire to end your life will pass. But the impulse to go get that gun, um, it might be too much of a draw and you're not coming back from, from that at all. That's why I, gun advocates, uh, people who practice proper gun safety, you know, get locks on there, hide it away. So if they have those impulses, again, every little step that makes it more challenging to end your life or to do something impulsive gives you another second, a fraction of a second to have somebody interrupt you or call you or for you to have that uh, a thought going, I, I can't do this. So put me on a list, never sell me a gun. Um, the one guy said in the blade, everybody should have a gun. Mm, no, um, that's a little too broad. But there was a story on 13 ABC, uh, experts law enforcement's way on Ohio's new concealed carry law. Uh, let me read a part from the story. 
The carrot permit is to protect you. This is from a, a gun advocate. It's not to make you a vigilante. Again, this is very measured. Sorry, I have to open the uh, small picture. It's not to make you law enforcement. It's not to make you a cop. It's there to protect you. So if there's a, sorry, if there's a bank robbery, no, legally you don't do that. If some crackhead is robbing the 7-Eleven, you let them rob the 7-Eleven. It's just money. But now people don't even have any sort of training. Um, I'm not going to argue the gunpoint, although I'll say this, my, my mind, my words have changed. I'm not anti-gun. I'm anti-certain interpretations of the Second Amendment, which was written in a time when there was no standing army. So you needed to be the army, the militia, and the right to bear arms. Does that make sense? Um, again, uh, the always be willing to change your mind. Fixed mindset is bad. So back to uh, Bruce's statement, which is all measured except for this one thing that I, I like to uh, exchange emails with, with my uh, mental health friendly judge friend, Judge Lindsay Navarre. Back to the crackhead statement. Um, if some crackhead is robbing the 7-Eleven, you let him rob the 7-Eleven. Just a reminder, the crackhead didn't ask to be one. And it's a mental health issue that is causing their criminality. So um, if we can fix the people... We can solve a lot of the crimes. And I know that sounds like some pie-in-the-sky panacea, utopia, some Star Trek future where we all treat each other well. There's no hate. We don't have currency anymore. There will always be bad and evil people. But the people who have broken brains, who commit to crime and violence and, and just general criminality, like the woman the other day, the, the Miss Taylor, who... Um, Stabbed her kids, has been found incompetent to, st- to stand trial. That wasn't Judge Navarre's case, and she's going to be in a psychiatric ward for a year or so, and then she might be able to stand trial. But I did read in that story, she is not going to be under the same charges as assault. Assault, you know, and again, you know how I feel about, uh, I speak very broadly, but and I need to evolve this. Many crimes, if not most, Um, are committed by someone who is mentally unwell or someone who has been systematically put in that position. In fact, I just read a Batman think piece last night that said uh, that was one of uh, Zoe Kravitz's Selena Kyle Catwoman's thoughts that I might have missed at the end of the movie where she said that Bruce didn't, Batman didn't understand that some people because of systemic causes are pushed into criminality. Nobody wants to be that, but... As we know, there are there is a lot of oppression that puts people in bad situations. And sometimes those bad situations unsurprisingly cause mental health issues. So you become some you become addicted to something, you get a weapon, your mind's not working right, and you hold up a seven eleven. We can prevent that if we can help people. So I, I, I know it's complicated and will take a long time, but I'll keep talking about it. And I'm so appreciative that Judge Lindsay Navarre <clears throat> takes those uh takes those emails from me and we can exchange the dialogue because she wants to be uh, a proponent of treating criminals differently. By the way, I'm not saying they should avoid punishment, but they should be punished differently. Um, My gums have been bothering me lately. The kind of feeling I had when I had gum issues, periodontal issues, when I wasn't going to the dentist. Another example of me not... um, me being properly medicated back then I wasn't and I was literally in tears crippled I had said to Dennis or, or to whoever they were periodontist 
I don't want to lose my teeth. A, a lot of times, a lot more. I mean, I was frantic, frantic about it. I was 20 something and then it happened again in my early 30s. I was afraid of losing my teeth. I was, I don't know why they didn't give me more volume or anything that caught me down. Um, so two things. Uh, the pain has been problematic and uh, I made an appointment to go see Dr. Frankel. I actually go to Dr. Frankel. I went earlier and nothing's wrong. In fact, when you get your gums counted, that's to see how big the gaps are. When I had issues, there were like fives and sixes and sevens. Now I have an occasional three. In fact, I asked uh, Brittany, I was like, she didn't see anything wrong. She didn't see any inflammation or anything. Teeth look great, all of it. I said, do you want to count just in case? And she's like, they're all ones and a two. So there's nothing wrong, but I was able to rationally think, okay. Um, I fell off with some good dental habits within the last eight weeks. I changed toothpaste. Um, There was a little bleeding, but I know what I got to do. Just make sure I'm diligent with flossing, uh, build that gum tissue back up, and I've done all that. I was able to reasonably think through that instead of going, my gums hurt, I'm bleeding, they're going to fall out. But also, I was able to go, look, I'm doing everything right. Let me just go get a reasonable answer from an expert instead of trying to figure it out on my own. And uh, it's possible that because my septum is deviated and I breathe through my mouth, um, it could be drying up my gums a little bit. And Dr. Frankel suggested a mouth guard or something. So nothing's wrong. I'm doing everything I should. And I'll be fine. My teeth are not going to fall out. One last thing. He-Man. You know what? This is long. I'm going to make this a separate podcast. We'll slap the guests uh, together later on. Uh, He-Man was my very favorite first cartoon. My first favorite cartoon. My dad, of all the things, like he doesn't know Optimus Prime, Transform and Rollout, uh, some of the other stuff I love. He knows, like... You what you watch with your kids that is in your head. My dad watched He Man with me. I have my I say He Man. My dad will do the the transition, the transformation from Prince Adam into He Man. Um, it along with Thundercats are two intellectual properties. I am very excited to see properly finally resurrected. So I remember a couple of years ago, I was with a friend and he, his son had bought some uh, old He-Man characters and we were going through uh, at a garage sale and we were going through them. And the characters represented a lot of different types and looks of people. They were all humanoid for the most part. Uh, yeah, even though one guy was like Merman was a frog or something or a sea dude, uh, Beast Man. They were all humanoids, obviously. Some of... The ones that weren't like creatures were, I'll say, ethnically charged names, stereotypes, like not blatantly racist, but the Asian fellow who clearly did some type of martial arts was Jitsu. Um, And there were some other names. There was one guy named Fisto. I wonder if that was a sexual joke a long time ago. In fact, in the new He-Man cartoon, Fisto is in it and said, he had a line that said, I can't wait to fist Skeletor. Oh, dear. But By the way, He-Man has found new life, or at least Skeletor has with the memes over the last decade. There is, uh, so much like all the stuff I buy now, He-Man toys are coming back out in original packaging in addition to um, newer versions for both Netflix shows. One leading towards kids, one towards me that was made by Kevin Smith. There is, uh, there's two He-Man lookalikes. 
One guy is called Faker. He has blue skin. He was a robot created by Skeletor. Same same look as He-Man. He's blue. There's another one that looks like He-Man, and I believe he's called Anti-Eternia Man. I want you to look this up, and in an age where you can complain about anything, and many of those complaints and criticisms are 100% valid, and we need to make changes. Other things are where, to, to preserve your own mental health and your own brain space, you just got to go, eh, not my thing. Just going to let it go. I need you to look up Anti-Eternia, man. And uh, I put some tweets out there. Anti-Eternia, E-T-E-R-N-I-A. I'm kind of surprised somebody hasn't said, isn't this such and such? And it, would, and it would be hard to say no. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Again, some things in the works, more content, um, ericchaseblog.wordpress.com. And I, I didn't apologize like I wanted to. I am so sorry that I had a file corruption and could not post the entire uh, interview with Alana from UT, who is Toledo Helps Ukraine. It was an enthralling conversation with her. Um, I think most of it made the podcast. I'm sorry for what we missed, so please follow Toledo Helps Ukraine on Facebook.